So, after the orphanage fire that was that date with James Delphine, I was kind of put off of any romantic encounters for a while. That's what led to prom night. If I could pinpoint the days that shaped my life, the night of senior prom would be in the top five. Others would include the day Kathy, oh, she'll get hers, oh yes, oh yes, Hammond was born, the day I found out I was her tulpa, and the Breaking Bad series finale. <sighs> Fucking Walt. Instead of spinning around while friends swooned over whatever taffeta nightmare I planned on making everyone see me in, Instead of making sure the makeup I'd have to pancake on my face matched my neck, instead of waiting for some sweaty boy to nervously try to touch my boob while pretending he's pinning on my corsage, I was down at the abandoned aqueduct with the rest of the riffraff and social detritus. Sean Jordan had caught quite the menagerie of swamp frogs. Swamp frogs are funny things in that, docile and easily caught, they don't realize that their secretions are a highly valued commodity for those that have a penchant for cheap and high-grade hallucinogens. Doing Kermit or going green was a famously passionate pastime for those less popular at our high school, or for the social elites who felt like tripping balls and slumming it. Even the LSD that the military experimented with didn't hold half a candle to those swamp frogs. The things I saw, the things I felt, shaped the nightmares I would eventually pump into your children's heads while they thought they would peacefully slumber. But just going on a drug binge with the crowd that only wore torn jeans, winter hats all year round, and shoes that hadn't been fashionable in a decade, instead of preening for the chance to be prom queen, isn't how this story goes. Besides, we all knew there was no competition for prom royalty. Marcus Quincy would comfortably wear the king's crown of burnt oak, its splinters gouging away the skin from his forehead, but his smile wouldn't betray the unbearable pain. And of course, we all knew who would be crowned prom queen. It would be Kathy. She even looks good drenched in the ceremonially dropped pig's blood hammond. No surprises there. But, like I said, this was no average night of fucked-up visions and the dry mouth that can only be the result of licking strange amphibians in a derelict tunnel. After surviving the plague of teeth, after the terror of new Jimson-created hellscape, and after having the image of the horrifyingly arousing sex clown with a rotating conveyor belt of tortured baby faces, instead of traditional genitalia burning into my psyche, I found a purpose. I saw through time and space and the treacle-caked veil placed in front of me by the elder horrors and found a calling that had eluded me, yet felt inevitable. I saw myself graduate high school and go off to college. I saw Kathy, even through a drug haze she's fucking perfect, Hammond, launch herself to meteoric heights and join the corporate ranks as I followed in her cute little footsteps. I saw how truly evil she was, and how if evil is left unchecked, it'll run rampant and destroy what it touches. I saw what I had to do. I'm sure it freaked out my fellow froggers when I sat bolt upright and screamed, She must die! and ran out from the aqueduct. My lungs were burning like a blast furnace, and my heart was trip-hammering in my chest by the time I rounded the corner to my neighborhood. My legs felt like electric wires jolted loose during a rainstorm. My mind was a laser, focused on a single point, a singular goal, a precise objective. I almost tripped, fell, and ate complete shit as I passed Kathy. I'm sure I'm going to have to hurt the guy trying to feel her up in the back of the rented limo Hammond. 
I was not even going to give her house the satisfaction of witnessing me scraping my knees or face on the bleached concrete that ran like a cold stone vein in front of both of our homes. I skidded to an unceremonious halt to my frog field marathon and stared into the window I knew looked back into Kathy wasn't wearing anything close to taffeta tonight, Hammond's bedroom. I felt my eyes transform into slits, squinting against the darkness and the weak jaundiced light from the sparsely placed lampposts. That room was where the enemy dwelled, and like hell if I was going to show any weakness in its presence. I slowed my pace and made it another five houses down to mine. The porch light had been turned off, and I struggled with getting my keys in the lock and opened my front door. My parents were asleep, and I made my way upstairs with that same quiet delusion that every high school teenager sneaking in has, of doing so like an invisible ninja, but more like a drunk bull in a creaky-floored china shop that seemingly sold only wind chimes, but yes, precariously placed china sets too. As I flopped onto my bed to surrender to the fatigue of my run and accompanying spins from Kermit, I went to turn off the lamp on my bedside table, the one whose job it was to be lonely, yet stalwart guardian against the moonless abyss, swallowing all of the light left behind by the starless night. I saw my notebook. Like the tablets left by that useless god the monotheists kept crowing about, man in the sky had all of the rules we should live by, I saw my notebook. My burning bush told me I had to do something about Kathy, the devil, and what I assumed was a blue dress Hammond. What I had to do was both present in my notebook and in my sweet-ass frog fog. My purpose was to kill Kathy caught in the crosshairs Hammond's character with my words, to kill her metaphorically. But in a less metaphorical way, kill her literally. I saw myself over her, Kathy bleeding, weakened, and defeated Hammond. I saw my ultimate triumph over that cunt. Kathy, she's the C-word, Hammond. And it was just better than the Breaking Bad series finale. I wish I knew where the closest wings and things was. I wish I knew when the next Harvest Moon Midnight Picnic and Blood Magic Orgy was. How can I quantify the weight of the human soul? The black market worth of it? Or if the human soul even exists? Are you plagued by all of these problems and more? Has life given you lemons, or worse, nothing at all? Nothing but the intangible yet perpetually haunting malice that sours your every waking moment with emptiness and questions without answers? There has to be a better way. Now Now there there is. Introducing ShineBright's new digital assistant, Medusa. Medusa syncs up to your computer, your phone, your non-REM Delta brainwaves, and the actual clouds. Wait, like the sky? You betcha! All of life's answers can be found by simply asking Medusa in the hidden snake language we all learned from the backs of cereal boxes. Your questions are then stored on private ShineBright servers to help Medusa adapt and analyze for your comfort and convenience. But what about security? Is anyone listening on the other side of Medusa? And what about my personal information? You don't have to worry about any of that. 
The thoughtful and benevolently governing folks at ShineBright gives us every assurance that you and your data are perfectly safe before, while, and after transmission to the offsite ShineBright mega servers. Well, in that case, I can't wait to get my Medusa today. Great. I love mine, and don't worry, you'll get used to Medusa roaming from room to room in the middle of the night. It's perfectly normal and just means it's functioning properly. Shine bright. Making things watch over you. So you don't have to worry about anything. At all. I Hate Kathy Hammond is written by Douglas Allen and co-produced by Kate Pumplin and Douglas Allen. It features the voice talents of Douglas Allen, Kat Archuleta, Howie Haig, Kate Pumplin, and Christy Wolf. For more information, please visit us at www.bacnpodcast.com. And if you like what you've heard, check out our other shows like Black Falls, Nerd Vomit, and Fear Agents.